Hello and welcome to the Evil Lawyer's Guide to Life. I am the Evil Lawyer and you are not. Today's disclaimer, anything you hear on this show is for entertainment purposes only. It is not legal advice. If you need legal advice, you need to hire a lawyer. You can find them at 844-EVIL-LAW. You can find us at Evil Lawyer's Guide on Facebook or on the web, evillawyersguide.com. And uh, I guess you guys like that best because I'm getting a lot of emails off of there. On Twitter, at Evil Law Guide. Today we're going to talk about the architecture of oppression that is being ramped up, it was already there, and made more obvious during the coronavirus. See, I said it, so I just got banned from my Apple platform. So if I'm not on Apple, you can find me on Stitcher and Spotify and pretty much everywhere else podcasts are distributed. The whole COVID-19 thing is being used to bring the surveillance state out into the open and make you used to it. Uh, just a tip. And uh, I saw a meme about this the other day on Facebook that I thought was hilarious, so I'm going to share it. It says the CDC government is now using the executive power imposed to have individuals stay indoors at all time. The guy responds, you can't control me. You don't know what I do. And they respond, listen here, Timmy, you watched Pornhub for six hours, ate three bowls of Cocoa Pebbles, peed sitting down, and Googled what is the difference between a thong and a G-string. We are the government. And never has anything been more true. Listen, the architecture of oppression is what I'm talking about. And that's it's been built for years. And we have a surveillance state. It's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. We have Google, Apple, and Microsoft that collect all of your data. And I mean all of it. Everything you have ever typed, everything you have ever said in the hearing distance of a microphone or a, a camera, it's all being collected. Most of it, so far, you've seen it being used as what I call annoyance wear, where if you even think about, I wonder if it's time to buy a new mattress, you're immediately flooded by mattress company ads. That's just an example, but if you want to try a little experiment, go on Facebook, go to your page, which I really hope is not under your real name, but if it is, uh, bless your heart, type mattress, and then wait for a minute, and you're going to get bombarded with mattress av advertising. And, and this, is, this is an example of the information that's being collected. Google, Apple, and Microsoft, Facebook, Twitter, all of them are private corporations. They sell this information to anybody, including the government, and they're not bound by the constitutional prohibitions on unreasonable search and seizure, which is the Fourth Amendment, and we're going to go over the Fourth Amendment later, and you're like, well, that's not a search, it's not a seizure. But if you look at the case law, and I'm not going to bore you with the case law, it fits. Much like they have to have a warrant to wiretap your house, but if the information is being gathered in the course of business by a private entity and then the government buys it, then they can use it. There are literally cameras everywhere. Um, I have a private camera system at my home and it's not linked to any internet system directly, although I can call in and, and, and look at my cameras. 
a few years ago, uh, there was a, a auto theft in my neighborhood, and immediately the homeowners association wanted my camera footage. I looked at my camera footage, and there was nothing on there, and I told them pound sand. Everybody else in the neighborhood, we, everybody's got them, and so they 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 all gave theirs up. I'm not going to be a, a party. If there had been a picture of somebody doing something, I probably would have uh, would have given it to them, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to be one of the guys who's asking where is the papers. We have cameras everywhere. We have microphones everywhere. You carry around a camera and a microphone in your pocket, and if you think you can turn that thing off, you're wrong. You can't turn it off. And if you turn it off, they can turn it back on. I've worked federal drug cases where they used software to turn people's phones on, listen in when they thought they were off. They've used software to turn people's uh, webcams on and watch them. And no, the little light doesn't come on, so you don't know it's on. And I've had people ask me, why is there a piece of tape over the webcam on your laptop? That's why. And if you know any computer security experts, look at their laptops. Every one of them is going to have a piece of tape or... If you want to be less obvious, you peel the little Intel inside sticker off and put that over the camera. You can always remove it if you want to Skype somebody or something. You're being watched from every potential angle. Now, we have universal law enforcement. There are so many agencies. I talked about this in a previous show about there being three trillion pages of laws on the books. Um, you, you can't get out of bed and take a dump without breaking at least three or four of them. I guarantee it. You cannot do anything without breaking the law in some way or, or another. It, did you take out a bunch of cash uh, right before everything went to hell in a handbasket? Well, there's there's a form. And that form gets reported straight to the government and you become a, you become a target of an investigation because you pull that cash. And it used to be $10,000 and then it was three. And I don't know how low it is now. And that's another thing. And if we do a part two, we'll talk about this, that this transition to a cashless society is going to take away even more of your freedom. Um, most people became really aware of the architecture of oppression after 9-11 with the Patriot Act. And a lot of people weren't paying any attention. They just noticed the annoyance of having to go through fairly extreme screening whenever you get on an airplane. And does anyone believe that actually helps anybody? It's kind of like uh, you have a, a bombing. So in response to the bombing, you make pocket knives illegal. Did we ever have a terrorist take over a plane with nail clippers? The, the Patriot Act and all the things that went along with it were just further tools of oppression. Now, the Democrats are honest about it. They say never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, the other side doesn't say that, but they act in the same way. Um, and I've said this a million times. The left wing and the right wing are both on the same bird. So if you think that necessarily voting one way or the other, I mean, do I think that um, the left is a sure path to government oppression? Yes. Do I think that the right will get us there too? Yes. Do I have an answer for it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And now, and I talked about this last week, we all carry around a tracking device with a bug 
an audio bug and a camera bug built into it on us at all times. Look at South Korea and Singapore and how they're using people's cell phones to contact trace during COVID-19. I said it again. So if Apple didn't pick up on that one, then they're slacking. Contact tracing is a really nice way for saying the government knows every place that you are and everything that you do. And then they say, you know, over here, they're talking about it being an opt-in. Well, there are no opt-ins when these corporations are able to make money by selling all of your data to the whichever government agency decides they want it. And they say they're going to anonymize the data. Well, here's the problem. If you anonymize the data, then what you're doing is you're taking 100,000 cell phone signals and some of which come from people who are infectious or have the disease. And then you're anonymizing them so you don't know who they are or where they are. Can you see the problem? At that point, the data has no use. It can't be used to tell you that Joe, who's infected, went to Whole Foods and Target and Neiman Marcus yesterday, and therefore uh, you need to contact trace all the clerks and everybody who waited on Joe. Now, if you don't anonymize the data, you know exactly. And so I'm telling you this anonymization of data, it's bullshit. They're not going to anonymize the data because then it would be useless. How do they track you? Anybody who watches crime shows, you know, you hear about Bob killed his wife and they were able to trace his cell phone to one of three towers out in the desert and they triangulated that and they found the body and Bob's in prison now. That's not how they do it. Cell tower tracking is very inaccurate. A cell tower tracking setup will put your cell phone in like you know a certain number of square miles now they can use it to tell to get a vector to tell where you're going or where you've been or where you're headed it's still within a square mile or more so it's it's not very relevant however Wi-Fi tracking, if you have the Wi-Fi on on your phone, and once again, you can turn it off, but they can turn it back on. If you have the Wi-Fi on on your phone, and they see your home network, and then your neighbor's network, and then the network, then the phone pings the network at the gas station, then the phone pings the network at the store, and then it pings the network at the gym, and then it pings the network at the bar, and then it pings the network back at your home, they know exactly where you've been that day. And they know exactly who you've talked to. And they know everything. And if they want to get really specific, they can correlate that with credit card data. Or once we become cashless with your biometrically tracked virtual money, and we're going to do a whole show on that, when China began burning piles of yawn and going to a, a cashless society in the beginning of all of this, I saw the writing on the wall. And I think a lot of other people have too. In fact, uh, Snowden has a pretty good little uh, mini doc about it that's uh, on YouTube right now that you can find. 
basically this crisis is the excuse they need to go all the way to a full constant surveillance, constant monitoring culture. And we'll all just have to get used to it unless we refuse it. And refusing it is going to be hard. And I'll get to some of the ways you can refuse it later on. Whenever you hear the words, the new normal, you need to be suspect. Because whenever somebody is pushing you into what's called a new normal, there's nothing normal about it. It's basically the surveillance state is going to become overt instead of covert. You're going to have to deal with it constantly. It's not just going to be in 10 years, in five years, in three years, it's not just going to be that their monitoring determines whether or not you're sick and could be spreading it. Their monitoring is determining whether or not you made $200 at your garage sale and didn't report it to the IRS, whether or not you drove to your parents' house and made it there in, in such an amount of time that you had to have been speeding and therefore you get a ticket in the mail. It's going to determine whether or not you're able to buy a house based on your potential future earnings because they're going to know everything about you at all times. It's going to determine whether or not you get any kind of credit. And once paper money becomes illegal and everything is cyber currency, you can't roll on what you saved up or what your family saved up or anything like that. You're going to be stuck in this system and there's no way out. So when you hear the new normal, listen really carefully as to what the new normal is going to be. We don't need a new normal. We need the old normal. In fact, we need the normal that's been gone for since before I was born. But we're not going to get it. And here's why. The youth of today are the voters and leaders of tomorrow. And the youth of today, starting in around, I guess, the late 80s, early 90s. So kind of when I was still a kid, but mostly not started being surveilled, started being searched, metal detectors in the school, clear bags and backpacks, drug dogs, all of that bullshit that went along with the supposed war on drugs, which was non-existent. There was never a war on drugs. When the government is flying half of the cocaine into the country, uh, there is no war on drugs. It was a war on people, and it was a war used to build the beginnings or build on the beginnings, which were already in place of this architecture of oppression we're talking about today. Not only have these kids been subject to metal detectors, which they're now used to, searches, which they're now used to, uh, a complete removal of all privacy, which they're now used to. And the fact they're now used to it is going to become really important. They've also been taught revisionist history. And a lot of that leaves out things like the Fourth Amendment, which says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. Papers. Remember that. Against unreasonable search and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by an oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment has been thrown out of the window in every place except for criminal court. 
remember I said papers two or three times? Well, we didn't have electronic data when the Fourth Amendment was written. However, the courts have held that the Fourth Amendment includes electronic data. For instance, if an investigator from a government agency wants to get into my banking records, they have to get a warrant. Now, under the way things are since the Patriot Act, they can get a sealed warrant, uh, which violates the Fourth Amendment. But we're not talking about governmental collection of data anymore. Remember, we're talking about Google, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, Twitter. The implications, those companies are not controlled by the Constitution. And I could bore you with all the case law, but if the government hires a company to break into your house and search it, I can file a motion to suppress and get that thrown out as being fruit of a poisonous tree and inadmissible because it violates the Fourth Amendment. If that company's normal business use is collecting data and the government just buys it like anybody else, it doesn't violate the Fourth Amendment. We have case law, which case case law is going to have to be altered if we want to stop this freight train of the architecture of oppression. I have a lot of people, when I first brought this up, and I kind of touched on it in one of our other shows, say, well, what can I do about it? Well, in my opinion, protesting in front of the Capitol that you want to go back to work and you want the stores open is not going to do any good. What you want to do is control your data. And how do you control your data? Well, first of all, you take Alexa and throw it in the trash. You anonymize all your social media. Big data has become so powerful that whereas in the 1980s or 1990s, Everything was analog or just becoming digital. So if you robbed a 7-Eleven and they didn't immediately take that videotape out, it got overwritten because there was a limit in bandwidth. Now there are no limits in bandwidth. Petabytes of data can be stored, cataloged in a split second. You don't have to have 15 cops in a van watching the video and listening to the microphones. It can all be done electronically and it can all be done in a blink of an eye. I think we're still going to end up, in, unless unless there's some favorable court cases and case law that comes out of a lot of this, we're still going to end up becoming a total surveillance state. However, you can slow them down. You can anonymize your social media. You can turn off the Wi-Fi on your phone. Or you can get a Faraday bag and put your phone in it when you're not using it. Now, you're going to miss some calls, but, hey, I grew up, I was a little kid when answering machines came along, and they were very expensive, and people missed calls, and you know what? We survived. It was actually kind of nice. You know, I talked to my, my father about, you know, the fact that when he left the office after one of his workaholic 12-hour, 15-hour days, that he could come home and not have to worry about business calls until the next day. Not being tethered all the time means that you're not having data gathered on you all the time. What about your purchases? Use a credit card for everything. Use a debit card for everything. It's so convenient. Use cash for some of it. Write a check. It's still going to show up in the data, but it's, it, there's, it's such a tiny thing. 
there was an app for a while, I think it's gone now, that would randomly run all kinds of bizarre searches on your computer so that it would confuse the the data gatherers and the ad bots. And so you wouldn't get, you know, if you thought mattress, you wouldn't be bombarded with mattress ads for the next three weeks. Run a bunch of searches on things you have absolutely no interest in. There's things you can do. You can't stop the system, but if you give the system bad data, there's a garbage in, garbage out effect. If you give the system bad data, erroneous data, and if enough people do it, then they will not be able to make heads or tails out of the information coming out of the system. Leave your phone at home when you run errands. It's not going to be the end of the world if you miss a call. Then take your phone when you run other errands. You can screw up the data they're collecting on you. And that is the way to beat this. And with that, have an evil day.